0: something to what Dina was just saying about breathing in Jesus I don't know who was here Sunday night, but Sunday night we were here gathering, and man, there was just a wonderful presence of the Lord, and just such a stillness in our meeting Sunday night, just such a reverence to His presence. And I tried to move on in the service, and get into the word of God and he just kept us in a moment of sitting in his presence. And it was kind of like that Sunday night where we were just together corporately just breathing in Jesus, just sitting in his presence. There was such a weightiness the presence of the Lord. And I feel that, that same presence in here this morning. It looks a little different, but it's the same presence of the Lord. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So good. It's so good. Mm -hmm. God is so good. Mm. Thank you, worship team. You may be seated this morning. wonderful presence of the Lord here wonderful presence of the Lord that was just the way the Lord the Holy Spirit just directed for the time of prayer in the altar this morning I really feel impressed to bring the men up and to pray for them Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's wonderful to be in a in a a church family that do. Uh, that does have a lot of men that uh, stand up and serve the Lord. Yes. It's wonderful. It is, it is truly wonderful to serve alongside these men that are here in this, in this house. And I'm, I'm grateful to each and every one of them and thankful. And ladies, that does not discount you one bit. <laughs> Without you... Really, where would the church be today, honestly? And they we play such a pivotal role within the church family, but for some reason, Holy Spirit directed it that way today. And so I'm thankful that you lift up the men in this church as we lift you sisters up to the Lord as well and pray for you. Over the last uh, several weeks, we've been in the armor of God and talking about a spiritual com- conflict that takes place in this uh, spiritual warfare. And we've been, been laying a lot of groundwork and talking about the different uh, pieces of the armor of God. And, and today I want to continue with that. I, I, I truly believe that the Holy Spirit has... Um, really led us to this for this time so um that's the reason why we've really been kind of taking it piece by piece um, you know a lot of times we could hurry over it and cover everything in just one service and maybe just one teaching but uh he does have a purpose and a reason why he is just slowing us down right here in ephesians chapter six and uh, it is very important um to be taking a look at um, the resources that are available to us as uh, children of the Lord. Would you agree with that this morning? Is anybody hot in here today? You guys good temperature-wise? All right. All right. My wife, she's up here fanning that, that, that thing so fast. I felt like I was in front of a shop fan there for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, we needed to break the, we had to bring a little humor in for a moment there. And sometimes when you know you talk about spiritual conflict and spiritual warfare, you know, that can really kind of feel a little down, and um, we don't want it to be that way. What this is is just a, it's a time for, um, you know, believers in the Lord to, to really walk in that victory that we always say that we have, and we do have it. Ultimately, we have it in Jesus Christ. Absolutely, we have that. Us personally, the walk, the daily walk, the the daily journey with Jesus, we know that we confront things in this life that tries to pull us down, tries to get us to really just turn away from God, to uh, discourage us, right? Would you agree to that this morning, that there are things, you know, that come in our way that would try to discourage us and Really what discouragement is, is just a lack of courage. You know, that's what it is. And for the longest time, I didn't recognize really what discouragement was. And I would find myself in seasons of discouragement. And then I had this, you know, uh, either through reading, I don't remember exactly where, but I read somewhere where it was just really kind of simple and laid out, and it was saying, you know, really what discouragement is, it's just the lack of courage, and it's really a lack of just trusting in what the Word of God says. And, and so that really just spoke to me. I don't know if it does to you, but for me, it just really just was like a, it spoke so loudly to me. And I thought, Lord, I, I don't want to uh, distrust your Word at all. Um, I, I want to trust in it. I want to have courage and, and I don't like the discouragement. Is anyone in here like discouragement? That's a silly question because we don't like that. But as people, I would say that everybody in this room has encountered discouragement over the course of your life. You've had seasons of discouragement, moments of discouragement. And really today, we're getting into this piece of the armor um, that it, it's the, the shoes of peace where we're talking and where we're going to be at today. And I'm going to throw up three different versions of Ephesians chapter 6, 15. And it just reads it a little bit different in each one. Uh, I believe we have the English Standard Version, the New International Version, and the King James Version. I want you to see how each of those read just a little bit different, but you get what this verse is, is telling us there. And can I just tell you real quick, right off the bat, that a lot of times when this is taught or when this is preached on, the, this is referring to going out and sharing the good news of Jesus, preaching the gospel. But I want to come in today and don't, don't throw me out of the church. I, I want to I throw a different look at that. Because a lot of times that's what I hear when it's preached. It's going out and preaching the word. When you look at that in context with everything in Ephesians chapter 6, it's telling us how we can stand against the enemy. Although preaching the good news and sharing the good news is wonderful, and we all should do that, right? We are compelled to do that, to go, to go, to go and share the good news, When you hear about sharing the gospel and preaching the gospel, it's always an action to it, to go, to go, to go, to share it, to share it, to share it. When we read right here in Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of God, it's about standing. Standing. Because you have to be grounded, right? When the attacks that you know for sure will come in your life, we have got to be grounded in Christ and when you're grounded in Christ there is an overwhelming peace within you right so look at how that reads in the three different versions this morning the ESV says and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace and the NIV reads and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace and most probably know uh, the King James Version and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Um, I think it was last Sunday, I made a comment, uh, Marla and one of your family members was here, uh, Paul, I believe it was, and uh, I made a comment within the, the, the sermon at some point and I said, uh, you know, don't, uh, if you have a problem with uh me not reading strictly out of the King James, come to me after church, right? Uh and then you can we can have or you can stone me whatever you want to do if I'm not reading strictly out of King James. So at the funeral service on Monday, she came up to me and she goes, I'm an NIV girl. <laughs> so she had to let me know what version she liked, so I got a kick out of that. So, you know, ESV, NIV, KJV, we get what the scripture is saying right here. And as I said earlier, we always want to take a look at just preaching the gospel, which we should do. But I want to look at it as an inner peace and a peace with God. Yes. Right? Yes. Because if we want inner peace, we have to have peace with God. Yes, that's right. You cannot have inner peace and not have peace with God. Right. That's why you see so many people in the world. Who are searching for inner peace. And they are going to whatever and whomever and doing all these weird things, and they're trying to find peace. And you cannot have it unless you have peace with God. There has to be peace with Him. Because Scripture says that we are really enemies with God, right? Before we come to Him, before we accept Him as Lord and Savior. Uh, before we accept what he done on the cross, the finished work of the cross, and and we choose him, it says that we are really enemies with God. We're at enmity with God. It means we are opposing. So we have to accept Jesus because the word says he is the way to the Father. So we have to accept him, choose him. And when we do, then we're right with God. Then we can have peace with God then we can have peace within ourselves. Yes, That's truth this morning. It's truth. So how do we attain this level of spiritual victory that God calls to us? And we know that by allowing the Holy Spirit to just work in every area of our life and bring to the attention of all the resources that we have with him. That's why I think it's so important when Paul was sitting in a prison. Now, remember, he's sitting in a prison and he's writing such encouragement to us, you know, and he has familiarity with with Roman soldiers. And he's using that as an imagery whenever he's showing us as, you know, think about that. When Paul was writing this in whatever year it was in a Roman prison, dark, whatever, Would he be even imagining that so many thousands of years later that we would be here today teaching on this? Right? You you think about that. These are wonderful revelations that the Lord, and just using simple imagery, but with such profound uh, meaning behind it. It's powerful behind it. Like when we looked at the belt of truth that first week when we got actually into the armor how important the truth is right because the truth is under attack and i don't want to spend a long time on that because we've already visited that but you know without the truth we would be in a whole mess of trouble right and it's under attack right now and then last week we talked about the breastplate of righteousness and just being in that right relationship with god and choosing righteousness you know trying to live that life that is right before god we Remember, there is a, an imputed righteousness, right, that is automatically given to you when you accept Jesus, whenever you say, I want to live for you, Jesus. And that is called justification. It means justice. if I never sinned, really. It's simple terms. Just as if I didn't sin, because that justification now puts you in right relationship with him. So now you're no longer an enemy with God because you came to Jesus and you accepted Jesus. So you have an imputed righteousness there. But then as you walk the walk and we daily go through the grind, sometimes it does feel like a grind, right? Has it ever been just, you know, a cakewalk for anybody in here? No, it's not been that way. So when you're through the, the process of becoming closer to God, there's a word called sanctification. It means you're just separating yourself from the world and you're becoming more like Jesus There's a righteousness there that you're attaining. Is that confusing anybody in here today? It's just simple stuff, right? But that's righteousness. But he's saying, if you want to be victorious, I'm going to show you the imagery of a Roman soldier who at that time was a symbol of great strength. A dominating figure. Do you want to be a dominating figure before the enemy? Or do you want to be seen as a weak little Christian? That's That's silly imagery, right? But he could have used whatever he wanted to. But he took the most powerful thing in his world at that time outside of God. Don't you think that was a little intimidating when Roman soldiers came walking into your town? When a Roman soldier was fully decked out in his armor and he came walking in to your village wow what imagery what a picture and for us as Christians as as soldiers of Christ is that the way that we see ourselves I'm not walking in my own power and authority when I came to Christ it says all resources are available to me it says whatever I have you can have it says that same Kratos power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, now you have that power. That's the word of God. Right? So I want to walk, not in my, not in Raji's confidence, but I want to walk in that god confidence, that God-confidence. That I'm walking, we should never walk with our head held low. Poor, poor, pitiful me. Poor, poor, the. You know. No. The devil's been beating me up left and right. Well, shame on you for letting the devil beat you up left and right. Can I preach that strong in here? Huh? I know the battle is real. I encountered the conflict that the enemy throws. The night I walked into that room to take her life, don't you think that I wasn't facing a spiritual warfare like none other? some of you don't know that story, but that's real. Whenever I was under such oppression and attack from the enemy, I was not walking as a soldier of Christ. I was lost, defeated, and I would probably say not even a Christian at that time. None at all. I'd already turned my back on Christ. But there's times whenever I would allow the enemy to infiltrate my mind. Have you ever dealt with depression in here? When he infiltrates and he comes attacking your mind over and over and over again. And he says, listen, I've got everything you need. Right? He's like, I've got everything you need. And I just want you to live it out. Grab a hold of it, right? Isn't it like it's, just, it's like it's right there? It's like, just grab a hold of it. And it's easy to get up here and say that. But when we walk it out, sometimes it's difficult, isn't it? But it's possible. I'm here to tell you, it's possible. It's possible. It is possible to walk a victorious life. It is possible. Now to bring a little bit less to the room right now. I have a lot of shoes. And a lot of times that's associated with women, right? Sorry, but right? Don't don't hit me. Don't throw your shoe at me. (laughs) I got, you know what I have in my closet and then other places that I leave around and my wife gets very mad at me. (laughs) <laughs> I, I have, you know, a lot of times my go-to are slides. Anybody know what a slide is? Sandals, you know. They're not flip-flops, but they're slides. I just slide my foot right in. Right? I, I've got sneakers. Right? I, got, I, I love my sneakers. Some of you are giving me grief because I wear my white ones here. Right? But i got sneakers. And we saw you guys at Academy the other day. You know what Dina did? She bought sneakers that day. Right? I've got, when I go to the gym, I've got shoes that I wear just for the gym. Right? Um, Whenever I go hunting, I've got boots I wear just for hunting. I've got insulated, and I've got non-insulated. I've got lace-up, hiking boots I've got aqua shoes because when I get in the water I don't want to cut my foot on something sharp right I've got work boots multiple pairs steel toe and non-still toe you get what I'm saying I've got all these different shoes I've got boat shoes I don't own a boat <laughs> but I like to go on them so, I have a boat shoe. Because if your feet get wet, you want them to drain properly. Right? I don't want to walk around on those squishy feet all day. But you know what I'm talking about? I got shoes for just about everything. Right? Ladies, we could go through all yours, but there's way too many. You got stilettos, you got wedges, you've got platforms, you got knee high boots, you've got, I don't even know all the terms, but you have so many. Right? There's a lot of footwear out there. If I showed up, I used to work on construction jobs of like 700, 800 men. Big construction jobs. Right? When I go to those construction jobs, there was something that was required of my footwear. Steel toe boots. Was required. I had to have them for the job. If I showed up, If I showed up in my hey dudes on a construction job that's not no I can't do that safety guy would come probably make me leave whatever you know you can't do that because there's a reason why you have to have the proper footwear right and how many of you had kids that had Legos you ever went into a room after dark and they didn't put their Legos up you came in barefoot sun (laughs) that's when you you got to have the the slides right beside your bed to put on to go into the room because that will light you up so you got to have proper footwear don't you absolutely we know that wars have been won and lost because of footwear I remember reading the story of George Washington in the American Revolutionary War. Their, their shoes, their boots were wearing out. And they had to wrap it in different materials just so Clark's Landing. I read about how they crossed in the wintertime and their, their boots were wearing out and they had to have the proper footwear, right? You know, I don't, I don't think that I'm gonna see a cowboy that's out roping calves wearing their slides. It just isn't going to happen. So the, foot pro- the, the proper footwear is of great importance. That Ephesians chapter six 15, I'm going to read it once again. It says, "In your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. There's mm, so much there. Paul is trying to teach us how to stand firm. This is how Christians face conflicts, and they still stand. He's talking about how we fight the devil when he's in this passage of Scripture. First Corinthians 16, 13. I don't think I gave this one to you, but that's okay, JC. It says, stand firm in the faith. It's part of that passage of Scripture. You know, you and I need something in our lives that is going to enable us to stand, equip you to stand. It prepares you to stand. That is the peace of God. When you have peace with God, there's so much that's enwrapped in that, that's wrapped up with it, the peace of God. The gospel is the good news. Peace, the Greek word is, in our English, we would say Irene. The basic meaning is harmony between people and nations. It's a, a quietness or a soundness of heart. It's a stillness of heart. In Hebrew, what is it? Anybody know? Shalom. Shalom, right? We've heard that shalom its root meaning means complete and perfect full wholeness completely completeness togetherness and it's really a deep down you are content you're lacking fear you're lacking anxiety you're lacking worry that's what the peace of god gives each and every one of us so why is that peace so important when you're facing an enemy Because whenever you're facing an enemy and you're not lacking fear or worry, you have the confidence to stand. The Roman soldiers would put metal spikes in their shoes for when the ground and the terrain was uneven, uneven, they would be able to stand, they would be able to push, they would be able to the terrain that would be able to navigate it. The peace of God is like that for us as believers. It allows you to stand firm when the storms of life and the things come up, the, the, the sudden things in life, right? Don't you know that there are sudden things in life that just happen? And when you have the peace of God in your life, you're able to stand firm against it because you're planted and you're rooted, you're firmly grounded in Christ. You have peace with him. There's something wonderful about having the peace of God. And that first peace of God that we talk about is that decision, that personal decision to make him Lord and Savior of your life. That's peace with God. The second is the peace of God. It's a peace that's not determined by circumstance, is it? It's steady and it's steadfast. When you're living in the peace of God, you aren't thrown off by unexpected things. You stand firm in the word. Let's be clear, you can't experience the peace of God until you experience peace with God. So if anyone's here or watching, you have to experience the peace of God with God first there's too many people that are living on the the edge of panic isn't there they have just enough calmness to get by just enough just enough composure to make it through the day but let one little ripple come their way It's like, where are you, God? Right? I'm only telling and sharing this because I have experienced that in my life. To where I allowed the the things of life, the circumstances and these things just shake me whenever I was to have the shoes of peace. And standing firm at whatever it was. Are there going to be some things that rock us? Absolutely, there's going to be things that rock us. We may stumble back. We may move from left to right. We may move around a little bit. But it shouldn't make us just slip down completely and, and become ineffective, right? right. You know, the, the shoes should make me be able to, to catch myself and yeah. get myself back up. Yeah. And to, to plant myself firm again. When you get bad news, whenever they came to me about four or five years ago and said that I was in stage three kidney failure, I had, I had, they, they diagnosed me with a, an IgA neuropathy. neuropathy, neuropathy. I thought I was having a heart attack. I was preaching one Sunday morning down at Vincent's at our church down there, and we had uh, a good friend of ours that was there. And I told him what was going on, and, and um, he says, really? I, I think you really need to go to the ER, and I go to the ER. I really thought I was having a heart attack. I get there. They do all kinds of tests on me, and um, I have to spend the night. And then uh, they come into the room, and they said, well, how long have you been in, in kidney failure? And I said, didn't know that I was. And he said, yeah, you are. And long story short, they had to go do a biopsy on my kidneys, both of them. And it came back and they said 30%, 40%, 40% I had in both kidneys. Said it was irreversible. Tana knows exactly what I'm talking about. but. Thank the Lord, He's got us both. Yes, he does. I believe he's healed me. Yes. I've not felt so much. I haven't felt this good in years. But when it came to me, right, I was fine. I had been exercising, I had lost a lot of weight, probably the best shape of my adult life. Church is going good, family's going good. everything's going good. I thought I was having a heart attack. I go, and then they come back and say, you got stage 3B uh, kidney failure, and it's irreversible. You're going to have this the rest of your life. You got to be a vegetarian. uh, And if you're not careful in 10 years, you're going to be on dialysis. And I thought, whew, this was me. Uh, It it, it shaked me. It, It shook me up. When you get you get something like that, you, you get rocked like that, and, and you hear that, you 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 do know that God is there, and you trust. But it doesn't mean that you don't get a little off kilter, some right? That's right. That's right? Anybody been there? Yeah. Um. <laughs> but what it meant was, as long as I had those shoes, I I came back, and it's like, you got this, God. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. I'm yours. And whatever comes, whatever, I trust in you because I have contentment in you. I have a peace in you that surpasses all understanding. The world does not have that. Whenever the world is confronted with those types of things, they don't know what to do because it rocks them so bad. And it's hard enough when you're in the church. When you are a believer sometimes, to stay planted in the peace of God. Ah. That's why Paul uses this imagery. He knows how important it is. But you got to have peace with God. And the first thing is you've got to have right relationship with him, which brings peace with him. But then he says, ah, I want to give you peace within yourself because you're trusting in me then you can stand Too many people are out there though they're trying to fight and trying to learn the right formula and it's just not found romans chapter 5 1 2 and i'm almost finished up with this it says therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through him we have also obtained faith into the grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We've got to have peace with God. We've got to have peace with God. Some people will say that they don't have peace because they have so many difficult things going on. So many problems that surround us and I'm not discounting that. I'm not disregarding that. And it feels like it's unrelenting at times, I know. But really, the, the issue isn't that you've got all the problems going on the outside. A lot of times what it is, it's the lack of the Jesus on the inside. Peace is not absence of external conflict. That's not what it's about because you're going to have external conflict. But it's the power of internal security. Internal security. That only comes by him. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. That's perfect peace. That's abiding peace. That's peace that says, when there is a storm, I stay planted. That peace is grounded in Almighty God. You can't find that anywhere else. I'm going to close with this. i got another scripture I want to share with you here in just a moment. If you want peace, there must be a declaration of ending the war. Can I repeat that? I almost got you out of here, okay? You're close. We're almost finished up. But if you want peace in your life, and maybe it's somebody watching, maybe it's for a friend, maybe it's for a family member, there has to be a declaration to the end of the war. You might be thinking, what war? It's the war between you and God. It's a back and forth. It's a tug of war. Because it's like, I I want to hold on to this. And God's saying, let go of that. Trust in me. Stay grounded in the peace that I have for you. But we want to pull it back. And we want to say, I I, I know I, I want to have anxiety about this. Or I want to be stressed or worried about this. And allow, does that make sense? It's a back and forth. And it's really, it comes back to a word we've been hearing a lot. It's just fully surrendering. Because when you fully surrender to him. Fully devoted. You're like, you got everything about me, God. Are you going to have moments where you're not going to be so good at it? Probably. Just to be real, right? But it says, it's all yours, God. It's all yours. Don't reject his terms to peace. Isaiah 48, 17, 18. This is the last scripture I'm going to leave you with. It says, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and a righteousness, like the waves of the sea. Hmm. I don't want to experience a kiddie pool of peace with God. Too many are in the kiddie pool of peace with God. And he says it in his word, it is like a river. It's like a river. And I want to be in the river with him, the peace of God. Whatever comes our way, we can stand the water keeps coming and the water keeps coming the peace of God is there would you bow your heads with me this morning I don't do this very often and it's not a call to come forward but if If we would be honest with ourselves and before the Lord this morning, if there's anyone in here today, for one, you don't know Jesus and you need Jesus in your life. That's the first step. You got to have peace with God. That's the very first step we have to take. And I don't know if there's anyone in here today under the sound of my voice or maybe watching online. If you're watching online, you can private message us or you can comment. But if there's one in here today, you don't know Jesus, and you want want the peace with God that you so desperately need, I want to ask you to slip your hand up. If there's anybody in the room, I don't know if there's one in here. I trust that everybody is right with the Lord in here. Now, is there anybody in here today with your, your head bowed and your eyes still closed that you would just say, would you pray for me? I just need a little more peace in my life. If that's you, raise your hand, slip it up, and you can take it back down. I want to let you know we're praying for you. Absolutely, we're praying for you. We had hands going up over the room. just need peace, that inner peace, the shoes of peace. May we ready ourselves with that peace, Lord. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you, Lord, for just a wonderful presence that we felt here. God, we thank you for your word today. I'm thankful for the peace that we have with you. God, we know that it's important. Uh, It's important for us. And Father, for those who are honest and they just were were saying, I I, I need to experience that more in my life. God, you saw the hearts this morning. You see that. Father, I just pray that you would Just do a thing in that life, Lord, that only you can do. We give you thanks, and we give you honor, and we give you all praise. For you are good, and we thank you for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.